Cured your depression? Yes. Really? It's a saying. Oh. <laughs> I thought actually, I was like, whoa, that's, that's crazy. That's the power of music. It like literally touched you. Welcome back to Chicken Out Scared, here with you as always, Eric and Vivi. Today we're talking about the 2021 film Candyman, directed by Nia DaCosta. But before we get into that, how are you, Vivi? It's our kind of two-year anniversary. Kind is of? today the exact date? As of recording this, March 2nd is our anniversary. Yeah. So congrats. <laughs> <laughs> and congrats to you guys for listening to us. Yeah, it's been a really fast two years. The last maybe half year has been like a blur. Obviously, we're not doing exactly the same thing that we were over a year ago, but you know, we're hanging in there. We're doing our thing we're just still here talking about horror you're still here we appreciate you for it <laughs> what do you have for creepy content not a ton i mentioned i think on our last episode that i wanted to watch piggy i finally got the chance to no subtitles just fucking raw dogged it actually when i put it on the second time it just started playing a dubbed version so i just watched it but i feel like it never really works because it takes you out of it but as far as the plot of the movie i just felt incredibly sad for the main character the entire time you know in films you follow around the girl and you keep waiting for her to have her empowering moment in the film spoiler alert i feel like that does not happen till the very end for the main character and there's just so yes but it's messed up it's really messed up so i don't don't know if it was for me for that reason alone yeah she has that moment by killing a serial killer that's been tormenting her neighborhood but then she was also kind of falling in love with that serial killer So it's a weird take. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. I know what you mean, though. It's not another horror movie, but Ingrid Goes West made me feel exactly that same way. Remember I told you that you're following Aubrey Plaza's character? Mm-hmm. And all the way to the end, you're thinking like, this has to get better for her, right? And it never really feels like it does. It yeah. ends on a light note, but you're like, I don't feel any better <laughs> about how this ended. Yeah. It was definitely gory, though, if you're looking for that. But I just felt sad for the main character the entire time and I want to have that moment with the final girl that's like yeah they regained their power and I don't feel like I had that with this one. You were a final girl I'm not exactly sure you did it though. <laughs> what do you got for Creepy Conduct? A couple things we guessed it on a couple shows since the last time we recorded we guessed it with Joe from Flyover State of Fear covering the killer clowns from outer space love that movie so much. So fun so camp. Yeah go listen to the episode it's how already I think today As March 2nd <laughs> it is ridiculous so don't go in they're thinking like it's another hereditary there's cotton candy ray guns well with the title like killer clouds from outer space it could be it it really could actually i think (laughs) you just blew my mind It is a killer clown from outer space. <laughs> we guessed it with Dink and Deadly, our friends Rhea and Ace. We talked about the movie Trash Fire. I had never heard of it. Had you? No. And I'm always just glad that they agree to have us come back on because I feel like we just say the most ridiculous stuff on their show. <laughs> yeah. It definitely was a trash fire of a movie. Definitely check it out. I hated a lot of the characters. Oh, yeah. Half of the movie is like in one setting and then the rest of it feels like the second part of Pearl, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm sure by the time we edit this and get it out, it will be out. If not, go listen to everything else Dink and Deadly has to offer. You were going to join us, but you were so sleepy that you ended up cutting out short on that one. I did. But we watched House, the 1977 film. And I'm bummed because I've been wanting to watch this film for a while. We should still watch it. It is honestly insane. I've literally only heard people loving this movie. I have nothing bad to say about it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really good. Like the actual horror parts are crazy. There's like a dismembered body playing the piano. Like just imagine with that 
sounds like. We should watch that after this. Yeah, we should, yeah. What do you have for comfort content? So I have a couple things. I am late to both of these shows, but I started watching Fleabag. I know it's like critically acclaimed and it's won awards and everything. I just started it, but I love it. I'm sure you know this by now. (laughs) It's hilarious and dark and everything I love about a show. One that is... Not as dark. It has a little bit of dark elements because it's taking place in a turbulent time. It's Dairy Girls or Dairy Girls. I don't know how to pronounce it. Dairy. Dairy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they have very thick ends. Thick acids. They have <laughs> thick accents. Super hilarious. We'll cheer you up anytime you watch it. Recommend both highly. I've wanted to watch Dairy, but there's just so many things I want to watch that I haven't gotten to. So that's good. It's good to hear. It's at least funny. The trailers are hilarious. Ca- yeah. yeah, caught my eye. What I have is Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantumania came out. Ant Man's actually much to people's disagreement. Ant Man's probably one of my top three superheroes, comic book wise. There's a lot of shit online about the latest movies of the MCU and shows and stuff. And honestly, I'm like, dude, you're a 40 year old man complaining about a comic book movie. <laughs> oh. 30, 40 years ago, people would have dreamed of having these sorts of things. And yeah, I get it. It's like, have fun accepting trash. But it's like, dude, it's a comic book movie. Yeah. Fuck off, honestly. So I had fun with it. I'll take in anything Marvel sends my way, so don't take my word for it. But check it out. Midnight Suns is also another Marvel game that I picked up, but it's supposed to be like on the darker side of the lore. Has some of the more dark characters like Blade, Ghost Rider, Nico Minoru from The Runaways. Probably sounds like gibberish, but if you've heard of these characters, they're like the magic and the dark side of the Marvel universe. Doctor Strange is in there too. Record of Ragnarok's another anime that was recommended to me. Not horror, but if you think body horror counts as being close enough. Record of Ragnarok has some fucked up shit that happens <laughs> in it. Yeah, people's heads have been turned backwards. People's bodies have been like smashed down into their own bones because they couldn't resist attacks. It's sure, sure. dark. So check that out. And then along the lines of Ragnarok, I've also been playing God of War Ragnarok finally. I like how your comfort content all had themes. It was like Marvel and Ragnarok. <laughs> oh yeah, seriously. I didn't even do that on purpose. Which could also be a part of Marvel because there's Thor Ragnarok. There is. I did that on purpose. Let's just say that. Yeah, you yeah. planned it. Yep. No, but God of War is fun. I like playing video games for a story, too. I know that recently I've been playing, like, horror games, but once in a lifetime I had preferred playing games with good stories than even watching anything. So Makes there's, sense. There's that. Now that we've gotten all that stuff out the way, let's talk about this drink. All right, so since this is our second time covering a Candyman movie, we decided to keep the honey theme, but try to make it a little different this drink we're calling it the swarm it is kind of a whiskey sour but a little different instead of using simple syrup we used a rosemary saffron honey syrup which i can probably give some recipe for somewhere else and not here (laughs) on the website (laughs) on the website it's gonna be on the website that's still a thing in case you forgot But it's pretty much two ounces of bourbon, one egg white. If you are vegan, I know that there are substitutes you can get to get the frothy like texture at the top. And it is lemon and the syrup I mentioned. Do you want to try it? Yeah. I did top it with bitters to try to give it a certain effect. Because it swirls at the top. It's like I'm being hypnotized by the candy man. You know what's funny about doing video? This part wasn't that awkward. When we were audio only, but now it's like people are watching us sip things. Oh, look at them put their mouths on things. Yeah. People just zooming in on our faces, just licking and touching things. Oh my God. So what do you think about this drink? (laughs) I think it's good. I like sours. I don't think it's overpoweringly sour either. I'm wondering if the honey offsets the sour. The honey definitely overpowers the flavor of the bourbon or whiskey, whatever you prefer to use. 
Yeah, it's a very full and frothy taste. Yeah, I've been really into sours lately. I don't know what mood I'm in, but they feel so fancy to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fancy? Yeah, I don't know. Something about like a frothy drink on top feels very fancy to me. I really like the saffron rosemary honey syrup. It is a weird combination. It's not my original idea. I got it from a recipe book, but it is a unique blend of flavors. And I like it. I think it works for me. I give this one a 4 out of 5. Hmm. I give it a 3.5 out of 5. 3.5 bees out of 5. Bee stings. Do you know that I looked at like a close-up version of what bee stings look like, and that's actually kind of crazy. Is it peel your skin off crazy? No, it's they like show how the stinger goes in to cut the skin, Ugh. and then the venom gets pushed in with like a little needle. So it's like a legit shot, like mm-hmm. a vaccination. But they're like side by side. They're not one thing. They're- oh. Like two things together. At the same time. Yeah. Ew. Thank you for that. So imagine a bee coming in and just fucking swooping in. And then, well, actually, that's not a bee. That's a mosquito. Imagine a mosquito <laughs> sucking up this stuff and then just. Injecting it straight into. Straight into your bloodstream. The next time you're at a party and your friends decide to say Candyman in the bathroom, just make a bunch of these so they can start swarming around it. Probably be better off than a bunch of dead friends. It's good advice. All right. Well, back to you. If you passed us. I hope that drink worked out. I'm sure it did. Let us know if this drink gets you buzzed. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Let's hear these fun facts. Okay, so I think I'm only going to share about two fun facts up top and then try to trickle the rest in throughout the movie because there is a lot for this movie. I think there's that added layer of this film takes place in Chicago. We're from Chicago, so we know like a couple things. Not everything because sometimes I feel Chicago neighborhoods are their own little world. And it's so big. Yeah. Nia DaCosta was actually the first black female director to hit number one in the U.S. box office movie charts with this film. Ever? Ever. In 2021. In the year of our Lord 2021. What the fuck? Great for her. I mean, yes. No, she kicked ass. Fucked up for the world we live in. Honestly, I'm surprised about a lot of the, the most recent like awards. That yeah, they are too recent. She's also set to direct a Marvel film called The Marvels. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Much to people's dismay. I know people hate Brie Larson, but I'm excited to see the actress who's in this, actually. I hope I pronounced this right, but Tayona Paris. She's going to play Monica Rambeau, which in the comics, I think, had been switched over to Photon. But from fact, she's the original Captain Marvel. And people really hate Brie Larson, so I can yes. see why the direction was taken. Yeah, but anyway, back to the Nia DaCosta. Kicking ass she is kicking ass one thing i really appreciate that she did in this film was she featured all chicago-based artists whenever art is present in the film so you know that art exhibit that we see the paintings that anthony creates depicting all the candy men and this also includes the composer for this film which must have been a daunting task because the first film's music is so good yeah it's like a part of the identity of the movie but absolutely no that's really awesome i already have a big complaint with cinema sometimes because it's not enough happens in chicago and then for it to focus on the group that is in focus in this movie in general also is like an extra step on that i'll tell you what we thought of the music we ended up getting the waxwork records we don't have it out of the plastic because we hadn't seen the movie until now but i can't wait to put it on because i do like the music yeah that music cured my depression it is so good a thing that i found super interesting that the composer did was he actually recorded ambient sounds from the area of caprini green oh great to be featured in the song so you feel like you're a part of that interesting now i feel like i have to go pay attention more. yeah the music is really iconic it is like you said it makes itself feel like a character in this film i feel like this era of horror movies is also like doing a lot of like vocals where it feels like you have a choir in the room but it's not quite a choir it feels disembodied there's something like eerie about people screaming and a high pitch (laughs) that is what he did he recorded his vocal 
Bowles like screaming and incorporated it into his music. Oh, sick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Truly, after I watch these movies, the music is just stuck in my head. But again, I have more facts that I'll just say throughout the film. Okay. If those fun facts didn't cure your depression, maybe BB's speed run will. It will not. I can tell you that right now. We'll see about that. Are you ready? I guess so. Say it five times. Candyman. Oh, no. We are not white. We don't do that here. <laughs> All right. Ready? Set. Go. Okay, so we open the, the backstory of Sherman, who is another depiction of Candyman. Um, and then we flash forward to current times and we meet Brianna and Anthony. And they are artists in the Chicago scene. They're having a dinner party with Brianna's brother, who tells them the story of Candyman, who then sets um, Anthony on this journey of discovering this urban legend and incorporating it into his artwork. We meet horrible people in the art scene who are looking to exploit him and his creativity. Um, But the more he explores and learns about Candyman, the more obsessed he gets. And obviously, this reignites the legend. People are saying his name five times in the mirror, getting murdered left and right. Brianna's kind of not believing him. She's just kind of seeing him descent into madness. Um, Eventually, we learn that Anthony is actually the baby from the first film where the original Candyman tried to burn him and Helen. Um, we even discover that the man who tells him the legend is like terrible and exploiting him and then everybody dies the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> I failed pretty that. bad. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Like, she can't even use it here. because I can. Happened. A lot of people do die. But not the end. Not the end. No. If anything, the ending is like tell everyone actually. It's going to continue. Yes, it and is. it's not the end. <laughs> I did. I lost pretty bad. Do we need to take a shot? No, absolutely not. Damn. The listeners are going to come up for us. They're going to kill I us. I think they're going to be okay. Other than being like still another half hour of the movie left. That's right. Thanks. That's good. <laughs> are you ready for some Candyman? I am ready. We have held off watching this film until we were going to cover it. But ever since we saw the original Candyman, I have been wanting to see this. And it did not disappoint at all. No, yeah. The movie ended and I think you and I were both like quiet sitting down watching. Contemplating. <laughs> One, because of the credits, stay around for it. Those end credits, as well as all the puppets that we see throughout, are also created by Chicago artists. Yeah. But yeah, I was left like trying to process what changed from the lore of the original, but also how good the change was in comparison. I had previously heard people say like, this is a love letter to the original. The other one has a ton of sequels, right? That are out the window now. Yes, I've heard they are not that great. This is very on trend with the whole, we're just redoing the sequel. The requel. Requel, if you will. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. So let's get into it. Okay. A boy named Billy plays with shadows and reenacts a cop chasing a man using these paper cutouts that we'll see used throughout the film. It's 1977 in Cabrini Green, which we saw in the first movie. His mom yells at him to go to do the laundry, and we hear some kids yell at Billy that they hope Sherman gets him. Some cops sit in the car outside the building we recognize from the original Candyman, asking people if they've seen a man on a wanted sign. But Willie just ignores... Sorry, Willie? But Billy just ignores them. Yeah, I always find it odd that Billy is a nickname for Will. Instead of just Willie? Yeah. But is Willie weird because it's penis? I don't know. You can name a child Richard and they call him Dick. That's unfortunate. That is also very true. <laughs> Let's uh, normalize Willie over Billy. Billy is always a serial killer. killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Billy enters... Actually, fuck. Oh, shit. We just figured oh, yeah, it out. Another one. <laughs> Billy enters an eerie laundry room with a flickering light and a big hole in the brick leading to darkness. The light switch is one of those timers that once it's up, the light turns off. I don't know how much people get exposure to those kinds of lights, but I used to see them a lot when I was growing up, especially at school. I hate like those. Yeah, they're the worst. Billy minds his business, though, when suddenly a candy's thrown into the room from the hole in the wall. The 
light from the laundry room shuts off as a man with a hooked hand enters through the hole with his hand out. Watching the film, I was like, this isn't Candyman's hook. That's odd, right? You're, mm -hmm. You go into this not knowing anything, so you're like, is it actually him? Outside, the cops hear Billy screaming and rush into the building. Intro credits roll while we see an upside-down foggy Chicago. The upside-down foggy Chicago is also reminiscent to how the first movie yes, it is. does the same thing, just does just the upside-down. inversed, like a mirror. Yeah. Another thing that I thought about this man with the hook was that he was maybe that guy that was going under the moniker of Candyman. In the original, yes. I thought so too when I first saw it, but we learned that that is not the case. Mm -mm. Anthony and Brianna are being visited by her brother Troy and his boyfriend when we get a little banter about how it was a bad idea to get an apartment where they did. Anthony is an artist and Brianna sells the art, so they moved close to their gallery, but Troy says the area is haunted. He mentions all the names it's ever had, including Smoky Hollow, Combat Alley, and now Cabrini Green. They give some exposition that it used to be the projects and had a bad reputation until it was gentrified making people think it was going to get better but they really just made everything around it better this is an interesting approach i feel like they had to take because the area of caprini green was gentrified and a lot of the high towers high rises that we saw in the original film were taken down almost i think almost immediately after it was like the late 90s early 2000s when they started taking down those buildings and what's there now like condos for people in the city but the rows of houses that we do see throughout the film are still there i believe they're mostly abandoned as well troy turns off all the lights and tells the story we all know of Candyman and Helen while shown the story in that shadowy paper cut style. The story ends where the people of Cabrini Green manage to take the baby from Helen and she just walks into the fire. Troy and his boyfriend leave as he mentions he's tired of his sister supporting Anthony's life. Brianna shrugs it off, but Anthony is in his feels about it. While getting ready for bed that night, Brianna tries to hype Anthony up for their visit by Clive, an art dealer, the next day. But Anthony's deep into his phone looking for more about this Candyman story. Brianna takes his phone saying she doesn't want to get haunted in her new apartment. Anthony jokes it's not haunted because it was on Zillow, which I disagree with. Absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't mean shit. If anything, I'm sure Zillow would promote that it's haunted. Also, this art dealer is named Clive after Clive Barker, who was the original author of the Candyman story. Oh, I wouldn't even have gotten that. Kind of sad because this character is a douche. If anything to me, I think they should have named the character of William Clive because he creates Candyman again. But this character sucks. <laughs> Clive isn't really impressed by Anthony's work and wants to see, quote, the great black hope of the Chicago art scene of tomorrow. Anthony mentions he wants to work on something about the projects and how white people create these spaces of neglect for communities of color. The way Clive responds to Anthony is so off-putting, like he knows better about this topic than Anthony, getting excited every time Anthony mentions even a little bit about the black experience. Clive is dismissive and prioritizes what the art world is going to think rather than understanding Anthony's interests in exploring social issues and making meaningful art. It is incredibly upsetting to hear this conversation between the two. It just pisses you off. Yeah, the literal sentence, oh, uh, Southside's played out. Dude, fuck it's you. played <laughs> out? What the fuck are you talking about? Those are people's lives. And I think it, I do not know anything about the art scene, but I definitely think it speaks to certain communities exploiting other communities for profit. Mm -hmm. Not the same thing, but I told you about the time that I went to go to this like environmental oh, yeah. community thing. Nick had talking about how like everything in Chicago is great. We're all recycling everyone's following the rules and we've done so much for the community i was there with my niece and i was like actually i don't think you have because on the south side the only reason that people recycle is because you've threatened them that they're gonna get fined if they don't mm -hmm. it's not like a positive thing down there you guys are up here in your little pocket in a library acting like everything's great and we can report on it and it's amazing 
but you don't really give a shit about the people in these other areas because no one here representing this space. And when I brought it up, it felt like people in the room were uncomfortable. Good. It's like, oh, we don't want to hear about the truth. Okay, we just want to gloat about. We want to pretend we're doing amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That night, Anthony does tons of research on Cabrini Green and goes out to take some pictures the next day. He gets stung on the hand by a bee while taking a photo, but continues his research entering the projects. It's important to point out that when the bee falls to the ground, ants are immediately swarming it. The swarming is obviously a theme that we're going to continue to see throughout the rest of this film, where the first one sort of felt like the bees were a theme just related to Candyman as a character. In this one, there's a double meaning to what swarming means. This scene, I want to point out because he's taking a picture of an old church and he has the old reference photo of the church in his hand and you can tell it looks completely different, right? So in the original photo he has is actually back when Caprini Green was mostly inhabited by people of color and that church served that community. So that church was actually hand-painted by a black artist of that community. Then when it started to get gentrified, it was painted over to cover it. So he has the original artwork in his hand and then when you look up you see the church completely painted and it's so infuriating when something that feels like it should be preserved historically is painted over that's so fucking upsetting it reminds me of when um a couple years ago do you remember the pilsen stop it's known for having crazy murals and the city of chicago wanted to paint over it and people were furious it's upsetting that they would paint over it it's cool that that little details in there too i noticed the art on the church in the photo well i thought it was very stand out that he's like referencing old photos of this community it's like nothing's done on accident right that has to mean something looking at old photos of chicago are interesting too i saw some photos recently of like commercial and how, oh yeah like, that place used to be popping popular it used to be yeah and you see like the rainbow store that's there mm-hmm. full of people and and then you look back at it now sometimes and you're like wow this place is sad yes After getting startled by some police driving by, Anthony meets William, who grew up there. They go to a laundromat where William tells him more about Cabrini Green. He makes a comment about how so many other people have died in the area. He even names a couple and says, but no, no one cares. One white girl dies, though, and the story lives on forever. Because Helen was a white savior. She really was. I wonder if that continues on to the other sequels for the original. I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch them because I've only heard negative things, and I really love these two movies. (laughs) It's interesting because they have negative reviews but Tony Todd returned for all of them, right? Yes. I think I would just watch it for Tony. Yeah. William tells Anthony his version of the Candyman story. For him, emphasis on for him, Candyman was Sherman Fields. He had a hook for a hand and handed out candy to little kids. The police started looking for him when a little white girl found a razor blade in her candy, so he disappeared. Turns out William is the little kid we saw at the start. Sherman sticks his hand out with candy, but since William was spooked, he screamed, and that's when the cops came running in. William says he saw the true face of fear as we see Sherman looking out in fear to the shadows of cops running past he still takes the candy but as he goes up the stairs cops come swarming in and kill sherman william reveals that razor blades still showed up in people's candy afterwards proving that sherman was innocent the whole time this is an incredibly sad story but i feel like i understand why they decided to go this direction with the lore of Candyman and not stick to the original because people were only gonna keep comparing it to tony todd's performance in this way you can say Candyman is anyone you could make your own identity identity for this film and present a new story but it's still loyal enough 
that I I don't feel like this is just completely not Candyman, you know? Yeah, I don't feel it either. It's doing the same thing that the first one kind of does too in scapegoating. Remember the guy who was using the Candyman moniker to put yes. fear into the people of the community? What would make you think that this is any different? You yeah. know, it's like we're using the same thing, just kind of spinning it. It's expanding on lore that was already planted in the first film. Yeah, but it's really sad. Yeah, the razor blades just popping up. I knew that was going to happen immediately. Yeah. And again, that whole razor blade in Candies is just like a universal urban legend no matter where you're from you've heard this urban legend yeah anthony goes back to their apartment inspired and starts painting brandon gets home and starts talking to anthony about how he hasn't visited or talked to his mom for a while He's too excited to keep talking about his mom, though, and rushes Brianna to see what he's been working on. He tells her the story of Sherman while we see the piece shows a bunch of bloodied hands covering an unrecognizable face. Over time, people forgot Sherman's name and just the name Candyman. Brianna is disturbed by it and says it doesn't leave room for interpretation. It's a very literal take on something that happened. Anthony says he hasn't had this much clarity before and explains one last thing, the five times rule. They have a large mirror in the living room, which is kind of cool, but also creepy. It also has this like dark tint on it, right? That's the window. Oh, that was a mirror. It's the window. It's the reflection. I was like, wow, that's window. a big ass dark mirror. <laughs> it's black mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Even to this day, I was like, wow, they have like a large full size dark tinted. That would scare mirror. the fuck out of me if you had like a large mirror in the living room at night. I'd just be like, ah. Oh, it's me. (laughs) I didn't realize it was the window. Anyway, there's a large window in the background of the living room, and Anthony says they should summon him. Brianna doesn't want to, but he does it anyway, and they break out into a play fight. Before we cut away, we see Candyman, though, standing in the reflection behind them. Keep an eye on, too, if you're watching this, Mm -hmm. all the reflections, because I pointed out a couple to you that you hadn't even noticed. We paused and we rewinded a couple times because I was like, look, it's his shoulder. Look, it's his arm. Yeah, it's something that I really appreciate, and I think it's really well done how they play with the whole mirror element expanding on it more than the first film sometimes your eyes are playing with you you're like wait is that him again oh no that's just anthony's reflection and then it cuts away and comes back and it is his Mm -hmm. reflection so it's a interesting way to use mirrors in this another fun fact that i found this one on imdb so i don't know how credible it is but it claims that anthony mccoy's name is said a total of five times throughout the film his full name name, which i thought was interesting i was watching it before recording and i was trying to count every time they say his full name did you find five i got distracted in the last like 10 minutes because it gets so intense in the last 10 minutes Mm. william does say anthony mccoy at the last bit he does yeah i love it when movies put in little easter eggs like that at the art show in the next day one girl in particular looks over anthony's piece consisting of a bathroom mirror on a wall the piece is called say my name it invites the viewer to say Candyman's name five times while explaining the story of helen and sherman and the skeletons in the community's closet so this say my name that keeps reoccurring in the movie i believe i saw an interview that the director said that she was inspired by the slogan that was used a lot throughout the black lives matter movement to put emphasis on people of the community who had unfortunately lost their lives to police brutality yeah i think i saw some things and i figured it was related to the black lives matter movement especially with you know make sure that you remember the names of those who've been affected at least in the public eye and those who are unknown those who don't have names that we don't even know about are happening so before she walks away from the painting she's taking pictures of it when she's called away but we're probably gonna see her again anthony enthusiastically approaches this piece as a critic looks over it while clive tells brianna to tell him to stop hogging the critic dude clive is a piece of shit like dude also you're fuck an you. art dealer <laughs> don't you make more money if your clients like schmooze with the critics 
how are you gonna like speak him up to in the private and be like i want you to be the next black hope of chicago's art community and then be like oh man here comes this guy again with his fucking art his yeah ass fucking art yeah, yeah. no he, he doesn't make sense to me <laughs> no and also she just got there because he says that immediately as she's approaching the thing and he's like he's he's hogging all the critics <laughs> all of them all one of them <laughs> they all clearly don't care for the direction he's going including the critic who basically says his piece is hypocritical claiming that artists often contribute to gentrifying neighborhoods she does this by almost going south and saying you people before clarifying she's talking about artists she also sucks she does she's worse anthony drinks for the rest of the night before walking over to join brianna and the others a man says he loves what anthony did with the paintings by hiding them in a storage room with the lights out and asking if he found them in a thrift store in the desert again i am not part of an art community but is it just full of assholes that are just mean to each other i don't know i was trying to like understand what this character was because he comes out of nowhere he does and why would that be his take i wouldn't be surprised if he was like an ex-boyfriend of brianna's or something the way he's talking to anthony yeah we see him a couple times later too and he's very like wow you're so great brianna Mm -hmm. maybe maybe that was a cut scene we didn't get the others laugh but anthony doesn't hold back and tells the dude off before being rushed off by brianna i don't appreciate when sure anthony's been drinking he probably should be walked off but brianna's like you're embarrassing me what the fuck it's my night babe he just straight up fucking told me off he like talked shit about my art but this is her career and she's supporting both of them at the moment and he's drunk insulting people (laughs) (laughs) clearly we haven't we're at an impasse Show's over. I'm ride or die. You saved I think it's also for him because he could be making enemies and this is still his career I mean, at the end of the day too. He's not throwing hands. He's throwing words. Yet. Because let's say we were at a work function and suddenly you got drunk and started telling off one of your coworkers. I would be like, you will regret this in the morning. Let's go. <laughs> That's fine. But are you also going to be like, but fuck that guy? Yes, probably. Okay, good. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I can be taken home. Just agree that he sucks. Okay. <laughs> As Brianna's taking Anthony off, Clive says he wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Brianna, but Anthony puts him on blast for having sex with his interns. Yeah, this interaction's really <laughs> funny because he's like, that wasn't spontaneous. You were holding on to that one. And he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> and the girl's like, it's fine. I'm, I'm on, uh, I forget what she says. Oh, um, I have my Anthony. IUD in. Yes, okay. Yeah. And he's just like, you're not helping. <laughs> he's like, not now. Clive and his intern, Jerica. What a name. What a name. That should be the name of our kid. No. Verica. Verico's vein. Verico's vein. It runs in the family. Oh, that's unfortunate. Clive and his intern, Jerrica, are cleaning up while he complains until she decides to say Candyman five times in front of Anthony's piece. He tells her not to do it because he wants to have sex first, but then jokes about her doing it because he's in a necrophilia. This guy sucks. Necrophilia. That's not the song. (laughs) She clips her belt to him and they start making out as she says it five times while Anthony stares at himself in the mirror at the apartment. We see Candyman through the mirror as she gets her neck sliced open. Clive tries to make a run for it while watching Candyman in a reflection nearby, but it's too late. He gets a hook through a leg and dragged back to Jericho where we see him raised up by Candyman. In the reflection, he's being raised up by no one. It's a really cool scene. It's the first time we see a slaughter. Yes, I really appreciated this kill it has a beautiful blood splatter Mm -hmm. i noticed and then the entire scene after it is just done in a very fun unique way where you are seeing the reflection of candy man and then everything he's touching and interacting with in the real world you can't see him and i really enjoyed this yeah the screen that gets ripped apart and clive is doing what we're doing looking back and forth like we Mm -hmm. would it's really cool i would hate to have a hook through the foot though and get dragged i would hate to have a hook through anything every which way Mm -hmm. 
The next day, Anthony paints intensely and notices his hand is getting really nasty from the bee sting. He waits way too long to go to a doctor for this. Yes. <laughs> there are times where I'm not sure if the bee bite getting worse is just him or if other people can see it because a lot of people act like they can't see what's happening but then they do later on mention it or say stuff about it but i would be way more concerned especially with it like going up to his neck i think if you saw me with it going up my arm you'd be like i think we need to go to the hospital forget the art (laughs) i think the other part that's interesting because you said like it could be him i thought it was the candy man persona taking anthony over the movie does well to like trick you focusing in on anthony back in the art room and then having clive and jerica killed out at the gallery yeah i think it is meant to be like the sting is now infecting him with the candy man persona lore whatever you want to call it he's manifesting these things happening yeah i'm just saying especially in the scene later on where he sees his mother i am pretty sure any mother would be like what is going on go to the hospital right now <laughs> forget the candy man have you seen your fucking face <laughs> Looking like Freddy Krueger, my dude. Meanwhile, Brianna is the lucky one who gets to find the bodies of Clive and Jerrica at the gallery. We cut to the news where they mention Jerrica and Clive's bodies were found in front of Anthony's piece. And he's just stoked to hear that they said his name and the name of his piece. Troy and Brianna are like... This is funny. They pan out and Troy and Brianna are looking at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? To Anthony's defense, he's he like, didn't kill anybody. It's just cool. It's kind of cool. But also, I mean, it's fucked. But... Especially if you're an artist and, you know, getting your name out there is everything. Now I'm on the news. Let's just hope it doesn't come back and bite me in the ass. Later that night, Brianna has a nightmare where interchangeably we see her finding the bodies, but also a time when she was a kid and saw her dad drop himself out a window. What a horrible, traumatizing thing. And I think it's made only more heartbreaking with him realizing that his child is in the room and saying, I bet you didn't know your father could fly and then jumping to his death. It's also a red herring, right? Because he's wearing a jacket that looks like the Candyman jacket. It's a yellow hue. I don't think it's a red herring. He's also a painter. I thought they were trying to say that even Brianna has a relationship to a Candyman experience in her past. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it would make sense that Brianna, again, going back to like her pushing Anthony off and not defending him, things like that. She does have skeletons in her own closet. Troy later says, you don't have to be there every time a tortured artist decides to have a psychotic break it's really sad and makes sense that brianna would try to like avoid it and just be like fuck it you need to stop being crazy we have a job to do yeah (laughs) she wakes up from the nightmare and finds anthony running his hand through water he says he also had a nightmare so she asks him about it but he just shoves her out the bathroom anthony goes to the library and has someone did you notice when he shuts the door and he looks in the mirror his reflection does not look up oh no i didn't see that yeah i'm pretty sure that's what happened Anthony goes to a library and has someone pull some of Helen's records. Why is this girl like hitting on him? I know. (laughs) She's like so into him. There's nothing that led to this either. He's just like, can I get the Candyman files? And she's just like, well, so like what classes are you in? And he's gone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's a character that's meant to look like Helen. Or she's related. Could be. He listens to a tape she recorded describing Candyman as the community's survival tool evolved from the need to protect itself and its children from the horrors of the community. He's listening as he gets into an elevator that starts to glitch out. She's saying how haunting it is to see horrors in one's own reflection as this elevator is literally surrounded by mirrors. You as the viewer are sitting wondering when something's about to jump at you when the candy falls from the ceiling. Anthony opens it up but gets cut by a razor blade. Suddenly we hear wheezing and when he looks up we see a bloodied Candyman smiling back at him. The elevator glitches one more time before the doors open and a bunch of students see Anthony being weird. This scene is fantastic. First of all, that is the cleanest fucking elevator I've ever seen. (laughs) Especially in like a school. With all those mirrors, yeah. Yeah, and I just love how it's infinite. It is genuinely scary when you see Sherman's face. 
Have you ever stood in an elevator like that? Yes, I hate it. And it does feel like... You're in another dimension or something. When you move your head once, one of them's not going to move with it. Yep. You and your head are like, no, it's not going to happen. Like, I'm going to look away and obviously nothing's going on, but you're still left with that. But I can't see. And what if it is different? <laughs> like that video from when we were younger where the little kid like turns around and then turn around to grab a toy and the reflection stays looking. Yeah. There's yeah. so many videos like that online. <laughs> Ugh, it's insane. I do like that Sherman is just staring back. I had theories about this too like why is sherman the only one that's been appearing for anthony at all and i thought it was probably because he's the last one the most recent one could be yes but then later we see he could honestly be any of them it could be that sherman was the one that affected william's character the most and we learn later on william's role in all this so he's like shoving Sherman's Candyman onto Anthony. Yeah. Conjuring him up a little bit. Anthony paints intensely while listening to more tapes until he gets a call. Is this Helen's voice on these recordings? The actress? Yes. It's supposed to be Helen, the character, but I'm not sure that it's... I believe it is her voice. Her. Is she still alive? I think so. She was in a horrible movie that we recently watched. Oh. The Haunting. She played the main character's sister. Oh, no. at the beginning for yeah. like two seconds. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Anthony paints intensely while listening to more tapes until he gets a call. He tells Brianna he's got to go, but she says they have a dinner that night with Jack Hyde, who never comes to Chicago. She asks him not to fuck this up for her, and he assures her he won't. But seriously, for me, don't fuck this up for me. I get it. We know too that he is going to fuck it up. When you say that with emphasis, you're like, all right, well, he's going to fuck it up. He goes to the critic's apartment who's suddenly interested in his work given how macabre it was and the murders that happened around them. She's a true crime girl. She just wants the fame around the crime. All she needed was the wine. Anthony feels she's implying he had something to do with it and finally gets back to her about her comment on how artists gentrify the hood. He tells her how a city cuts off a community and waits for it to die, then invites artists, young people, white people, preferably, or only, to stick it out long enough to open a Whole Foods. I'm just glad that he was able to get back at her for her comments. Yeah, she definitely was fucking out of pocket with all her shit. She's a character that seems very similar to me, like Clive, where they are trying to profit off of this community's pain. It's all over the news. His name's on the news. We need to get the story before it's too late. He asks her that if she really wants to get it, she should say his name five times. She gets nervous and goes to the washroom where it's funny because she's just like... I got a shit. Whoa. You got a little fucking hot in there, huh? <laughs> she gets nervous and goes to the washroom where we can only assume she actually does it. While Anthony waits, we hear the Candyman whispering his name. He picks at his hand, though, and almost peels a piece off before deciding to stop. It's still, like, way too much that he peels at it. And it he's looking for a napkin, but I legit thought he was going to grab, like, one of the bottles that she has there and pour it over, you know, like a wound. Oh. Like, to disinfect it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's going to break it and just carve oh, out. Oh, I feel like that's another movie where they carve out infected. Oh, the movie you showed me. Ruins? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Nasty fun fact. When I was a kid, I had warts on the bottom my foot to get rid of warts you have to freeze them and then cut them out yeah it's fucking gross i got them from being barefoot in taekwondo oh gross but anyway i thought he was gonna carve out his wound personally like body horror is a thing right but Mm -hmm. i personally when i have a wound am intrigued by like wow it's already healed up i wonder how far i can peel it off already i am a picker i pick at my face and yeah i pick at scabs too but when it gets to that point where it's gushing blood is when you stop he realizes the critic's taking a while and goes to knock. In a mirror nearby, though, he sees Candyman's reflection is his own. He does the mirror thing where you move around to see if the reflection does the same until the critic startles him to ask if he's okay. The scene is great. It foreshadows him becoming the Candyman with, you know, moving his hand and in the place of his scarred hand is the hook. My only beef with it is, is CGI used in this scene? It feels like it's used a little bit. 
It feels like a scene that wouldn't need it because it'd be easy to just put a glass and a hallway. It, yeah, it'd be but easier done practically. It does look like CGI. Like a little bit, right? And, and that was my one thing. I was like, I don't know if that needed that. Maybe they just were like, well, if we're going to have to CGI the bugs in. Oh, could be, could be. Yeah. Maybe we just like edit it a little bit. Movies this day and age, even if they're not CGing a thing into a scene, they will like heavily modify if something looks off. You know, so maybe mm -hmm. they were like, well, if he's not moving exactly the way Anthony is, mm -hmm. maybe they speed or adjust some things on okay. Sherman's character. Could be. I definitely am not a fan of this. I think practical effects are what make a movie age better because I have an issue with something later in this movie the for the same reason. Yes, the yeah, face. I I, we'll get to it. I was like, he's not that old. He looks great. No, I think you could have done it with lighting and makeup. Okay, anyway. Yeah, anyway yeah. <laughs> we'll save it for the end. But the voice is, right? Oh, it's him. Okay. It's him. Stunning. Stunning. After he gets startled by the critic, he runs off, but we can see the candy man in the bathroom behind her. It's so cool. It, it was, you know, blink and you miss it thing. I think mm -hmm. this was one of the ones you missed. And could I was like, be, look, yeah. he's standing in like the distance in the farthest corner of the bathroom reflection. As he leaves the apartment, though, we zoom away from the building and see her murdered and dragged across her window. This is odd to say about a murder scene, but this is beautifully shot and framed. Because <laughs> she just walks. It doesn't look too cheesy. No. Gets raised up. You're zoomed out enough. Slammed against the window. Yeah. Dragged stream of blood. She just drops. She just drops. And that drag across the window is meant to replicate when Anthony first gets intrigued by the Candyman lore, you know how he paints that super long streak? Oh. And it transitions into the next scene. Hmm. Damn it. Some of these details, I'm like, I want to go see it. <laughs> I got to go rewatch it. Yeah. yeah. Anthony makes it to the dinner and picks at his hand that's nasty and bloody at this point when a girl at the table is like, hey, you fucking good or you want to leave? She's like, can you not? And I would be like, oh my God, we need to get this man to a hospital. <laughs> Why are you here? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he was late too. He just shows up as quiet, just picking his bloody cloth. Yeah. Everyone is sucking Brianna up with all these opportunities and accolades. One guy even says Clive had to die for her to finally be free when they all get a text that Finley the critic is dead. Brianna clearly knows what's up because she looks directly at Anthony. Suspicious. I have like thoughts about this because... I think that the William story I told you didn't need to happen. Like it could have, but I think at the end where he like ends up framing Anthony, I'm like, well, William didn't have to do it. It mm -hmm. seems like the movie was already going in that direction, whether William had a push or not. Everything that has been happening to Anthony, it's looking like Anthony did something, whether Anthony did it or not, in the public eye. Yeah. He was there when Finley's dead. People were murdered in front of his artwork. He's got this weird bloody hand, you know? <laughs> People are going to notice. Anthony runs off making himself look even more suspicious. He goes back to William to ask who Candyman is, but William clarifies Candyman is a bunch of people. Samuel Evans was a man run down during the White Housing riots of the 50s. William Bell was lynched in the 20s. He eventually lands on the first one from the 1890s and tells the story of Daniel Robitaille. William says they were all real, and Candyman is the way they deal with the fact that these things happened and still do. All the stories are fucked up. Like I said, yes. stay till the end of the credits because you do get a glimpse of each of those stories in the paper cutout style. And it's a really like, sobering set of scenes because the music's also very like beautiful beautiful i mean you just feel uncomfortable everything just sucks still sucks and still sucks yeah in one of these scenes where anthony walks in on william william's reading a book by clive barker <laughs> brianna walks in on anthony's art and gets spooked when anthony barges in telling her not to look at it he thinks he's the reason Candyman is back but brianna can't believe any of it she thinks he's losing it and tries to prove that Candyman isn't real by saying his name in the mirror anthony freaks out and throws a rock at the mirror further scared 
scaring Branna and causing her to leave. I understand what Anthony was trying to do, and I ultimately do think it was smart to destroy the mirrors. However, I can see how this is incredibly terrifying for yeah. Brianna. Yeah, you think your partner is at a breaking point, and now they're throwing things, and, and they're you don't violent, know if they're going to yeah. hurt you. Yeah, so I don't blame Brianna at all. I did find it a little bit comical in the scene before this, however, that he just cannot physically cover any of the paintings. He's <laughs> trying to throw tarps at them, and just they all miss. Yeah. Brandon goes to Troy's where he goes off that she doesn't deserve any of it. Troy takes this opportunity to tell her that their mom wants to sell their dad's old artwork, but she doesn't want anything to do with it. He suggests she do a show to put it on display, but she refuses. So he follows up by saying she doesn't have to be there every time a tortured artist has a psychotic break. He apologizes, though, for being out of line and tells her she can stay as long as she wants under the condition she doesn't try and summon Candyman. She's like, who would be stupid enough to do that? Cut to a bunch of teenagers in high school. The one that we saw earlier from the gallery. I feel like this is the movie's way of being like, who would do that? Cut to, this is some white people nonsense. <laughs> because the one girl who runs out is not white. And she yeah. said, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I will say that when I was a kid, I think I mentioned this in the first Candyman movie, my cousins would fuck with us all the time and be like, go to the bathroom, see Candyman. I would not. I was the person who did not do Bloody Mary. I would not do this. No, I'm Mexican. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of other things to be worried about, like duendes and shit too. Those, those you don't even know you're summoning. That's a family from Wizards of Waverly Place. I hated that storyline. I did not know that that was a storyline. The Kukui family? I didn't Remember? watch Wizards of Waverly oh, Place. I watched like a lot of it. Did they do it badly? It's just a very cheesy, cheesy. thing. Mm -hmm. They're just like a family of people. And then they are scary because their eyes like go black or something. I can't remember. Oh, like black-eyed children? Yeah. What's Disney? Scary. You can't get too yeah. scary. I mean, then don't fucking do it. Oh, speaking of Disney, <laughs> did you see that uh, the new Haunted Mansion? Yeah. yeah I like the old Haunted Mansion. I know. I thought you did it. I didn't like... It felt like when I watched it as a kid, it wasn't really following the lore. But it actually is now that I watched it when I was older. Now that you've gone to the Haunted Mansion. A million ride, times, a million yeah. Times, I was oh, like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it was based on the ride. On the ride. Yeah, I think it's really hard. You know, that movie, well, what a tangent. But that movie came about as a result of Pirates of the Caribbean because it was so successful. They're like, we should turn all our rides into a movie. And I don't think it was successful in the way they wanted. I don't think you should do that for all your rides. No. That's also like the way that you beat a dead horse. Like making a bunch of remakes and requels. Yeah. But the more that we watch movies, the more I realize that this has always been Hollywood. Hollywood has yeah. always made remakes. Yes. And people want to act like shit's new. Yeah. Grow up. Cut to the teenager we saw at the gallery getting her friends together to summon him in the school bathroom. As they say it, weird things start to happen, but they finish and laugh it off. A black girl named Trina barges into the bathroom and goes into one of the stalls as the other girls start making fun of her for being hungover. Is What's she hungover? I don't know. They just said like, oh, she's drank too much. They keep roasting her for having drank too much the day before. Oh, I don't know what's going on with this story. And I was like, fuck you guys. She puts her headphones on to ignore them while the main teenager realizes the door to the bathrooms is locked. They blame Trina for breaking the door, but one of the other girls looks at herself in a little mirror and notices Candyman behind her. One of them runs back to the sink because she forgot her vape and under the stalls, the other girls watch as blood waterfalls down from the sink. This is a very disturbing, like crackling. It almost sounds like an egg. Mm-hmm. Like a... And it pools <laughs> underneath. The vape falls first, though. <laughs> <laughs> so she got her vape, just not worth her it. life. <laughs> the main teenager says they're being stupid and also goes back to the sinks to get killed. Bro, what do you mean? <laughs> Did you not hear that sound? Did you not see the blood? Trina thinks they're pranking her and yells out for them to stop as the little mirror falls on the floor covered in blood and we watch them get finished off by Candyman. It's a really cool scene. It is. We see it all from Trina's perspective. She's like just trying to pretend she doesn't exist in the stall while watching this horrific thing happen in a tiny mirror. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I do appreciate the off-screen killing because the movie hasn't stayed away from giving us on-screen kills, but you're left to imagine, like, what the fuck did he do to them? Anthony wakes up in the apartment in pain, noticing his hand has gotten way worse. He pushes at his nails in this body horror moment, making a face of agonizing pain that we can only imagine as the viewer. I, for a second, because we just covered the fly, thought yes. that, because he goes like this. Squeezing his finger. <laughs> yeah, I thought the exact same thing. Meanwhile, Brianna is meeting with the important woman from the dinner earlier, but we realize that just like with Anthony and the critic, Brianna's significance is being limited to her association with Anthony and the tragedy she's witnessed. Devastating. Driving in the theme that society and the media likes to exploit the experiences of the black community, especially those of violence, while ignoring their talents, achievements, and contributions. I wonder, because the woman she is speaking to is supposed to be the director of the MCA. I wonder if this was filmed in the MCA. It looks like it. Yeah. I haven't been there in a few years, but we should go back. Yeah, I love that. We've been talking about it for a while. Place. Anthony is at the hospital when he hears the news report on the girls who were murdered at the high school. Apparently, the police are starting to link them to the art world murders and Anthony's piece because of the words, Say My Name, written on the wall in the victim's blood. After learning he was born in the Cabrini Green Hospital, he goes to visit his mom to find out the truth about his past. I don't think a nurse is ever said that you know welcome back you were born here bye <laughs> instead of just like you need you need a you need help sir. bud he tells her he knows about candy man condiment condiment he tells her he knows about candy man and asks her why she lied to him hold up hold up this is the original actress from 1992 vanessa williams i believe is her name looks fucking amazing she's like <laughs> 56 in this movie she looks younger than I do. Yeah, I thought that she was. My thought, she can't be that young. No. She looks so good. She looks amazing. Yeah, she looks exactly the same as in the first one. She almost. looks like she could be Anthony's sister, yeah. not his mom. She says it was because she wanted him to grow up happy and normal. And he's like, but do I look normal though? Have you seen the fucking hive of bees that's growing out of the side of my face? Well, it was designed to look like a honeycomb. Yeah. If you have a, what is it? Tryptophobia? Tryptophobia? The is fear of the holes. Holes, yeah. Don't watch this. <laughs> the damage from the bee sting is spreading to the side of his face. She fixes the story he was told earlier about Helen saying she actually saved him from the fire when a Candyman wanted him to be one of his victims. They all vowed never to speak Candyman's name again, but someone broke the pact. Anthony clearly knows it was William and goes back to the projects. I think it would be incredibly difficult to have a pact with so many people. You know someone's going to slip up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the kids. Because I was like, the yeah. adults, I don't know. Especially after something so traumatizing happens. Yeah. I feel like it would be kept quiet for a while, but yes, eventually. For sure the kids would be the ones yeah. who would bring it back. Kids say everything. Yeah. Brianna and Troy go back to their apartment to pick up her things, but she finds it suspicious that he's not there. She sees a pen from the laundromat and makes her way over. I would not assume that at all. I Immediately, would... right? That's like if I went to the kitchen That's and you were gone, and I'd be like, wow, a bank pen. I gotta go to the bank. <laughs> I mean, I get it. She's like, he met the William dude at the laundromat, so fuck my comment, but I'm it's too stupid to remember it. Yeah. <laughs> she gets suspicious when she sees Anthony's beanie on William's desk but gets kidnapped immediately by William. We get a flashback from William's childhood where his sister and her friends summon Candyman. He opens the door to find them dead and looks up to see Sherman looking back at him in the mirror. We come back to present day William as he says they now have a witness. Brandon is set up in a church as we hear William making a call to the cops saying that Say My Name Killer is in Cabrini killing people. It's revealed that William summoned Candyman as payback for kicking them out so they could move back in. Candyman can kill their fathers, their sisters, their babies now. Anthony is turned around to reveal he's in even worse shape. This scene is interesting because you're not sure if he's under a spell. Yeah. Is he actually turning into the Candyman now? 
is he drugged by William? Mm-hmm. I think it's the latter. William cuts his arm off right in front of Brianna, and all Anthony does is watch in emotionless but obvious pain. This is another one of those. I think I've mentioned House of Wax mm-hmm. in quite a few movies, but the single tear and the pain and not being able to do anything reminds me a lot of that. Yeah, the like groaning under your voice. Yeah. You can't even like let out a cry. It's just in your chest. He says Anthony's story will be that he was an artist who lost his mind and cops just shot him down without question. I think it's that line that I'm like, William's motive, like, it makes sense. He ends up saying that, like, the reason he does it is because their community was getting screwed over both naturally and by Candyman in this lore. And so he's like, we're kicked out. They've pretty much gotten rid of our community. They decided to move in and gentrify it. And there's nothing fucking them over. I think I'm going to give them some of what we got. And so he wants to send him in Candyman. The part where I think it's weird is what makes him attack Anthony? Why wouldn't this just naturally happen? One, because it was already seeming to happen. Right, because all the killings are being associated with his artwork. So I think eventually he was going to be a suspect. And he's acting really sketchy. And the unfortunate result in that storyline is that like we expect society and the police to to do what they do do in this movie yeah but why uh force it on anthony instead of being like let me just do it he was tied to candy man he would have ended up in this situation probably regardless just with troy telling him the urban legend in the first place Mm -hmm. but i think he was just in it to give him the final look yeah because you know otherwise how would have anthony gotten to that point did he have to he was already looking pretty creepy with the bee sting poisoning him i would have honestly been okay okay with like his arm fell off (laughs) his arm fucking fell off just fell off from all the poison yeah brianna cuts herself loose with a pen and runs off while william points out the sirens approaching he pulls out some candies and yells for brianna to come back before we hear him obviously cut up by candies that he shoves in his mouth that we can only imagine have razor blades in them Oh, does he? When he goes and finds Brianna later, his mouth's all bloody. Mm. If that's wrong, let me know the clarification. William chases Brianna through some sort of underground corridor that leads to the projects. They end up in the unit from the beginning where Brianna just stabs him over and over with the pen. Pretty much just ending William there. I do appreciate, though, that she gets the job done. Mm -hmm. She doubled triple quadruple taps that's the way it's done anthony stands at the door saying he thinks she's dead before collapsing she screams for help as the sirens get closer a cop barges in telling her to put her hands up and doesn't even let her get a word out before pulling the trigger three times for a second you think as the viewer and i thought i did too that he shot her and i was like what the hell I would have been pissed So would I. if the movie ended like that. For a second, I was thinking, like, maybe they're going to go the Helen route, and she's Candyman. Yeah. But you learn that they actually shot Anthony in front of her. More cops show up as they bring her out handcuffed and put her in the back seat of a car. All the cops have this stupid judging look on their face as a cop gets in the front seat. He says they'd been looking for Anthony for a while and got a tip he'd be there. He asks her to explain what happened, especially since Anthony attacked Officer Jones causing him to pull the trigger. He says if that doesn't sound right to her, they can paint her as an accomplice, so he asks her to make a decision. Infuriating? Yes. Brianna asks the cop to let her see herself in the mirror. He's confused, but he lets her, and she says Candyman five times, further confusing him. The music starts to ramp up, too. She doesn't say Candyman five times. She says it four times. Okay, I thought she did. Okay, I thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I definitely counted four, but I guess I'm an idiot. (laughs) And the cop then's like, Candyman. And then obviously that's why he's the one that's Mm -hmm. murdered. That's when she looks relieved as the doors lock and a cop comes out from the unit with his neck cut open. The cops outside unload their guns, but Candyman just cuts them down while the cop in the driver's seat keeps trying to open the door. The cop asks who he is and Candyman says smoothly, I am the writing on the walls. I am the sweet smell of blood on the street. The buzz that echoes in the alleyways, they will say I shed innocent blood. You are far from innocent, but they will say you were. 
That's all that matters. The whole time Anthony is walking around the cop car as we get glimpses of the Candyman through history in his reflection. This narration is done by Tony Todd, correct? No. No? That is Anthony's voice? Yes. Okay. Because it's definitely different. His voice is different in this narration. I Thought... think they just raised the bass, but they replicated the, mm -hmm. the way that Tony talks to him in the first Candyman. The booming, deep version. So the whole time that this scene is going on, the flashing blue lights are in your face. And I'll be honest, it made me feel the way I feel when I see them in real life. Now, I'm not taking away from this movie and the scene, but I just want to say that I thought it was interesting how it's done on purpose, right? It that is, These absolutely. lights are flashing in our face. The first time we watched it, we watched, you know, all the lights out and whatever, and it is disorienting and you can barely focus on what is happening. And I'm sure it's meant to replicate how people in this situation feel mm -hmm. in that moment. The cop gets out and runs into an alley. Brianna makes her way over to see and manages to get a glimpse of Tony Todd's Candyman Daniel finishing the cop off as he hovers covered in the swarm of bees. I do like how Mortal Kombat-esque Candyman looks hovering covered in the swarm of bees from like yeah. head to chest or whatever. He looks at her and he says, tell everyone, and it's Tony Todd's face, before we cut to the credits. Do stick through the credits. I've said it already. Really sad to see the rest of these stories, but it ends with all of them standing in a line, you know, making a stand as Candyman for what is to come or not at all. But it is cool. That kind of leaves it open-ended. Why is this movie so good though? <laughs> I loved the ending of this. Now, so we were going to talk about it, so we're going to talk about okay. it. I don't think you needed to... Anytime, anytime a movie ages down an actor <laughs> with CGI, it does not look good. It just doesn't. It looks terrible. I hated it when they did it in um, It Chapter 2. I didn't like it in this. Because, again, maybe... I personally wouldn't have any issues with Tony Todd aging. I'm sure he still looks pretty good. Yeah. He's also covered in a swarm of bees. You know, I don't think it was necessary. No, and I mean, you could have done the practical route. And he doesn't look bad. I mean, he's going to be at the Salem Horror Fest and they sent an email out recently with mm -hmm. his picture. And I'm like, he looks fine. So like, you're like, oh my God, excited that y you see the original Candyman. But then you're like, oh, he looks really weird CGI'd. His teeth look weird, right? Like, yeah. His mouth is animated weirdly. I will say, honestly, I was waiting for one of those Candyman at least to be Tony's. To be him. Yeah, I was waiting for him to show up in that last scene. So glad it happened. Was not a fan of the CGI. Agreed. Totally agree. But no, hey, this movie was awesome. I really loved this movie we watched it a month ago when we decided we were going to cover it and i watched it right before recording and i was still like enthralled by everything that was happening i think i appreciate the expansion of the lore that's happening i think it was a smart choice from the director's standpoint i think there is some amazing shots in this film i think it's beautifully done i love the showing of all the artwork the music is just like again a character within itself and i think this is done really well i don't know if Dacasa has plans to ever direct horror again now that she's like seems to be going in like the marvel route but like i would gladly watch anything else she puts out it does a great job of i think you mentioned earlier being a love letter to the original i think it absolutely is it has those easter eggs for fans of the first film again didn't see uh Candyman 2 and 3 but overall truly enjoy this experience and i am only gonna deduct a half point for the horrible cgi at the end <laughs> so to me this movie is a 9.5 out of 10 dang very high no i really loved it i think it's probably gonna be in my top 10 yeah because okay. I, I really enjoy the first Candyman as well is the first one top 10 for you maybe again it's just so much that works for me i think it's truly the music that just does it for me. yeah it's the vibes and... the vibes are there 
I think it's really good too. I think that the story going the direction it did with adding so much more meaning to the Candyman persona. And you already think that the original Candyman story is like fucked up. It's a tragic love story. Yeah. I also like to see the Candyman character in this light, at least as like an anti-hero. And as a comic book fan, I like an anti-hero story. The whole like, they're going to think you're innocent, but we all know you're not. That kind of thing. Fuck yeah, dude. Kill people who deserve it. Don't do it. Actually. Don't do it. In but movies. In Do movies. it in movies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the movie was going to be just your run-of-the-mill requel. Remake that type That kind of makes things up again and doesn't really care about the original. But no, this did really good. It feels longer than an hour and a half because it's just full of things that happen in a chain of events right there's never yes. really like a lull in the movie i agree because usually we're like this movie's too long why did it need that scene i feel like you could have drawn out the last scene a little bit more though like i would have liked to see more but i do feel like it ended on a perfect note <laughs> it's beautifully shot music's great i also think i give it a i don't even have a reason to give it anything less than a 10 nothing in it made me think this sucks yeah, there was never a moment <laughs> other than the CGI. I was like, why is this here? Why did they do this this way, you know? Even the CGI, I was just happy to see Tony. Yeah, too. <laughs> you know? That too. Are we just fanboys over this? Again, did not grow up with these movies. So the original first three films, we only recently saw it. And it's kind of like, damn, I wish I could have seen this sooner. Because I think then I would also have that added layer of like nostalgia for it. That's true. I think growing up, I stayed away from it because my cousins would just fuck with us so much. When I say my cousins fucked with us so much about Candyman, I avoided playing the game Candyland. I thought the board game Candyland was associated with Candyman. And you're then like, if you played Candyland, Candyman would show up. You're like, you're not going to get me to say it in this yeah. board game. Yeah. You said it was Child's Play? Yeah, for us, it was Chucky because, you know, it also takes place in Chicago. It was always like Chucky was going to get you. That's why you hate dolls. I do hate dolls, but I like Chucky. Now that I'm older. I'm going to get you a good guy and see how you guy. feel about it. If I get a good guy prop, would you be down to put him in our room? Only if you go to <laughs> Tiffany as well. I like Tiffany. We'd put it back there somewhere. Fun fact, when I was a kid, I thought Tiffany was hot. Mm, that does not surprise me. The doll or <laughs> Jennifer... Tilly. Tilly. Yeah, Jennifer Tilly. Okay, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> but also the doll. But I was, also... Because I was a child. <laughs> now that we've covered it, let us know what you think in the comments. What did we miss? What Easter eggs? Because I'm sure we miss some details because this feels like a film that's heavy in easter eggs you said there was a ton of fun facts i'm sure we didn't even like touch the surface yeah but let's talk about what scared loki or ripley in this case yeah so i watched this film right before recording and the opening scene where sherman comes out of the walls it's a scene where the music's building and it's like this great reveal ripley's a funny dog that actually watches tv loki sometimes watches tv but he'll like (laughs) stop paying attention ripley will pay attention for like a good few minutes and then go back to watching it so she was like watching (laughs) and i swear the music was building and i could feel her getting like antsy and then like it like showed sherman and she was like freaking out like she didn't know where to go oh, no. <laughs> i kind of felt bad i went to go sit with her afterwards i'm like i'm you sorry recorded it i tried to but it was more like this is mean because she's so oh, afraid it is mean yeah do you want to tell us about it ripley All right, I'm sorry, Ripley, but we're going to watch a lot of horror movies in this house. I can already see her awkward face. But does that pretty much wrap it up 
for us here tonight? It does. I am going to start to add our patrons here because thanks to them, we have made it to two years. So we really appreciate you. Thank you all for being here and hanging out with us. As always, we hope you guys had a good time here with us. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared, except Twitter, Twitter Shaken Scared Pod. You could send us an email at shakennotscaredpod at gmail.com. I forgot to say pod, didn't I? No, you're good. Okay. <laughs> so for the show on Patreon, we have a bunch of episodes over there. So make sure not to miss out. Listen wherever you get your podcast. Give us a follow. Check out our drink videos. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.